Crimson Sky Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crimson Sky Media Podcast. This is your host, Kenny, and I return to you on May 26th at around 6 p.m. Uh, to give you guys another episode here. I'll probably post this tonight, just seeing as how it's, it's a day later. Um, I got really caught up in Memorial Day weekend, had, had a blast of a time. It's just obviously something that's really important uh, to a lot of us Americans, and also just the fact that, hey, it's, it's a free day off, right? So you're going to probably live that up as much as you can. I didn't do anything crazy. I'm really selling it that I went out and I did a bunch of stuff or, or something. I was at home <laughs> for, for most of the weekend, but I did go and um, go to the grocery store, which is an adventure. And I also went and got some e-juice for my vaporizer. So that's one hell of a weekend if you ask me. That's a crazy sort of weekend. So I wanted to share that with you guys in case you losers are just sitting at home doing nothing, unlike me, okay, grocery store, that's that's something that you just don't do every day. So I uh, may as well just sign all of my um, wills out. You know, I've lived up life to the fullest. There's no point going any further, and that's the end of everything. Um, but on a more serious note, I have been playing some more games that have been really fun, and I did want to talk about those too. Like usual, we're going to start out with just describing what I've been playing. Uh, and I've kind of been getting back into a lot of games that I took breaks from. Um, and then of course, one of them is a game that I've just always played, but it's just funny how I'm still playing today in 2020, all these years later. So um, the first one I wanted to talk about was VR chat. So with the new computer that I got and everything and the desk and stuff, um, I kind of withheld installing Oculus for a little bit because I wanted to just kind of have a clean desk. I didn't want to have it lying around. But I did make some space to put the the headset and controllers away to where it's not like collecting dust, but at the same time it's not taking up all the space or, or sitting up at the top of my computer tower on my desk. So until the future, I have it in a cozy little spot. And I've been playing a lot of VR chat. In fact, that's the first and only thing that I installed. Um, you know, I could go back and do some other stuff. Uh, I know there's a lot of little games I wanted to try in VR. I could install Google Home again or Half-Life Alex, but I just, I don't really see a point in returning to those. I think the real joy of VR is, is the social element and kind of bringing yourself into an environment where everybody else can really communicate in, in very unique ways. And so I've been playing that a little bit more often, not every night, but uh, I will visit it occasionally. And it's, it's just a hell of a good time. It's so much fun uh, meeting all those people and just having these unique experiences, you know? So um, rocking my Harley Quinn avatar as per usual and just hanging out uh, so I've been doing that uh, the other thing is more like like a confession from like a heroin addict like coming back on the heroin I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six Siege uh, and to a lot of people it's like oh it's a competitive game that's a fun game or I tried it you know you, you kind of you don't love it or hate it but you either cling on to it or you just kind of let it go um, and for me I just have so much time in Siege, <clears throat> I just I, I put so many hours into it over the years since um, February of 2016 till now, and it just like overtook me in, in a good way, but also in, in a bad way because with competitive games like that and and really becoming one with the game with all of your time, you really understand all the little things about it that tick you off, um, as well as the fact that when you play for too long or play for too many times in a week, uh, the what would you say, what would be the word here I'm looking for? 
the monotony sets in, the the just just the fatigue of playing that game so often, and once that happens, you start to kind of drop off in terms of your accuracy and and just how keen you are to the meta and the game, and then you start to fail and you you get a little bit more stressed out with failing. Um, you encounter more experiences that are bad um, because it's one of those games where it's for every one perfect match or really good match with like teammates who work with you, there's at least three bad ones. Uh, and of course, that's just an average. You can get seven terrible games and one okay game sometimes, and uh, it just gets it weighs on you. So I took a huge break from it. But if you're unfamiliar with it, it's like Counter Strike, um, where it's very competitive and and tactical, very team oriented. Uh, so when it's rewarding, it's rewarding. When it's not, it's very punishing. So I took a big break from it for a long time. I kind of dabbled in some other games. Uh, games like Apex Legends, even the new Call of Duty. Um, I was just kind of desperate to find something to fill the void. Uh, but it, it was enough time. It was, it was like maybe a couple months or so, if not more. And uh, I went ahead and, and tried it out on my new hardware to see just kind of how it fared. And I just got hooked again. I bought the, the year pass and everything. And that's it's not really a bad thing. I mean, I kid about like the recovering addict thing. Um, it's a very good game and I've been enjoying it. Um, so with, with certain things in the game, you really get a firm understanding of it at, I think I have 1500 hours or so now at this point. Um, I just hit that like a week ago and I'd love to do a, like a video or, or a podcast specifically about that game someday. And maybe I will, if I have enough time to dedicate to kind of setting all of that up. Um, streaming is also something I've considered with it because I'm not looking to get like Twitch famous, but that's just something that I have fun talking about. Um, kind of while I'm playing it too, so I could give like visual examples of what's going on or what we're doing wrong or they're doing right or how you want to approach something. Um, and it's just cool to have a game, you know, that you that you know enough to where you can firmly talk to people about it and and know exactly every nook and cranny of its design. So yeah, I've been getting back into that. And then the other game, which is the last one that I've been playing recently, is Halo Two. So basically, the Master Chief Collection recently just added Halo Two. To PC, and that's the one I was talking about. I used to play that game to death back in the early 2000s. Um, me and all my friends, I, whenever I'd have a sleepover, it was Halo 2. And then later, in 2007, Halo 3. Right, And Halo was like my religion from, from the beginning of that decade to the end of it. Uh, with Reach releasing in 2010, I kind of dropped off a little bit. Uh, but Halo 2 just coming back to that, especially on PC. Uh, before this, I, I would try to find like bootleg versions of Halo 2 basically where like modders would take it because it wasn't on PC, it wasn't playable on PC anyway, uh, and they would host the, their own private version of the game that had the multiplayer enabled uh, and it was just kind of janky you know, because you're running off of well, not Microsoft it's just some guys that have put the game back together, so having an official release of the mostly original multiplayer, I've been killing it, just playing it non-stop uh, in between the other uh, game of Siege, and it's just been a whole lot of fun. Now that it's on PC as well, the I think there's like 700 or more achievements tied to that Master Chief Collection. Um, I've been just having a kick just going through it and, and unlocking those and trying to do I usually don't do all the achievements or trophies in a game because it's, it's a fairly strenuous task. It's like a lot of content, and there's like usually like at least a handful of achievements that are really a pain to get. 
Uh, and then you start questioning why am I doing this, you know, and it, it just gets really crazy. But um, Halo 2, the whole ride through, I've been having a good time. Um, so if you, even if you aren't into shooters that much, I would still encourage everybody who has a PC or even like an Xbox to just play the Master Chief Collection, play Halo, because the story alone is so much fun. Um, it's very simple and, and, and charming, and, and the characters are great, and the music is one of the best parts of it. And it's just a very unique game. It's not your typical shooter. It's not your typical sci-fi shooter. It's not anything. It's its, its own sort of identity. Uh, and, and on that merit alone, I would say that a game should be praised because it's hard to find something different. And even if something isn't quite as amazing as what you usually are used to, something that sweeps you off your feet, you can appreciate something that does something different uh, and offers you a little bit of flavor, right? So I've been playing that quite a bit and having a blast with it. Um, those, are, those have been my past games I've been playing in the past like week or two, uh, heavily those. And now moving on to the news, let's go ahead and jump into it. One of the other things, this is kind of, I haven't been playing this obviously because, you know, it's, it's not here yet. Uh, one of the games that I used to play quite a bit was Detroit Become Human. Um, I think back when that game came out in 2018-ish, uh, early 2018, late 2017, I can't quite remember. But it was super fun, and it's essentially, talk about sci-fi, it's a near-future sort of sci-fi game, and it's very story-focused, it's very narrative-based. And you, you jump between three characters in the same timeline, and it's about AI and essentially cyborgs, right? like uh, sentient cyborgs being used in society in the future. So like, let's just say like 2050, 2040, you have um, a robot walking around your house that looks just like a human and then doing tasks for you, you know, like cleaning the house, taking out the trash, cooking dinner. Uh, and then they, what they do is they try to equate that to like slavery. Uh, and then there's a confrontation between the characters where one is just a rogue AI, right? That tries to escape. Uh, and try to live a normal life. And she's kind of the outlier. She's not really too important to the story. The other two characters are kind of um, polar opposites of each other. And there is um, <laughs> Connor, I believe. Yes, <laughs> it's been a while. Connor, which is the uh, the cop, sort of. He, he's like the detective, and he is going after uh, like these runners, essentially, like. Blade Runner and stuff. It's the same concept as that movie. He's going after them, trying to kill them because they're retaliating and they're trying to gain independence, which means it's a problem that can like cause uprising, etc. So he's going after them uh, with his human buddy. And then the third character, I don't remember his name. <laughs> I, I actually didn't really like him at all. Uh, he, he was actually quite annoying. But he's he's the guy who's leading like the revolution with them. He's kind of the uh, Malcolm X more so. It's very decision-based. You can kind of make him a Malcolm X or a Martin Luther King, right? Where one's like very peaceful and no, we do this right. And the other one's like, yeah, fight the system. You know, screw humanity. We're, we're robots. We're, we're better than them. You know, we're going to rise up and, and take them over and, and do the right thing. Um, and personally, I feel like they should have just just cut out Kara, which is the, uh, the runaway, that third element, the outlier, and just focused on Connor and then the rebel. Because what that would do is it would just tighten up the story a little bit, and I wish that they made him more of a Malcolm X. Again, it's decision-based, but I, the, the game almost punishes you for making Connor be more accomplished a mission than, oh, maybe they have a point. And I don't think that that's 
too cool. Like, I, I like that games give you a choice, but I hate when games give you a choice but make you feel bad and say, well, this was supposed to be the choice you're supposed to pick. <laughs> if you chose this choice, we're going to make you feel like you made the wrong one. Uh, the one that we don't want you to do. And that kind of bugs me because it's like, well, what's the point then of offering a choice? Um, it's still good. And one of my favorite things about the game is that there's so many opportunities for a character to die, uh, to alter the story. Any little thing you do can have an impact on how the rest of the story is played out. And for them to just completely get all of these 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 strands of, of detail where like, oh, they can go this way, they can go that way, you know, um, for them to all tie it together and make all the content for it uh, flow fluidly is just an accomplishment. I loved it. Um, and I played it quite a bit. It's coming to PC with Detroit, I'm sorry, with Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. That's the three Quantic Dream games that they've made uh, that are all the same sort of concept, right? They're just decision-based, sort of very cinematic games. Uh, and they're coming June 18th. Of course, they were already on PC, but it was exclusive to the Epic Store. So just to repeat that joke you've heard probably a million times, it's actually coming to PC on June 18th of 2020, which is pretty soon. It's only about three weeks away, so um, I've heard Heavy Rain and even, uh, I'm sorry, Detroit and even Beyond are pretty poor ports for the PC, um, so I'd probably start with Heavy Rain and, you know, play the demo for Detroit. They all have demos listed now, and just see how it runs on your machine. Apparently, I've heard that it's not too hot, and especially if you're playing with a mouse and keyboard, the game basically allows you to play with it, but it demands uh, to play with a keyboard, or with a controller, sorry. Um, so I'm very excited for that, actually. I'm hoping that Detroit doesn't run bad. That's what people are saying, because that's my favorite one. But regardless, Heavy Rain's a fun game. And I tried it on PS3. It's just not fun to play at that low fidelity and just the frame rate dropping. And I'll wait, I'll wait till it comes on PC, and I'm excited to give that a second go. Um, the second bit of news is also a game that's getting a little bit of a touch-up here. It's Mafia. So if you haven't heard, Mafia is a series similar to Grand Theft Auto, but not in any way the same. Uh, a lot of people would call, after GTA 3 came out, they would call these open world sort of car stealing games, right? Like if, if it's an open world third person and you could steal a car, they would call them GTA clones, right? Uh, Mafia was not of that same design. It was supposed to be open world, and yeah, you can take cars, uh, but it was always about the story before anything else. And I've played Mafia 2 probably like dozens of times. It's such a fun game. The world, I mean, it's 1950s, late 40s uh, New York. And you play the mob, and it's just cool. I like the music. I like the setting. The story's really neat. The characters are great. It's great performances. Um, and it's, again, very story-focused, so it doesn't really eat up too much of your time with these medial tasks. You don't have to run around and do all these little things, you know, or travel 40 miles to get to your objective point. It's all really nice and constrained. In a good way and I never played Mafia 1. I touched 3 when that came out. I actually was really excited for it uh, but it was a little bit disappointing after a bit and I have Mafia. I have it installed but I've never played it. So the remake what they're doing is they're just doing a full just ground up remake. They're gonna expand the story, a larger map, they're gonna add different vehicles in there as well um, and it just looks stunning like like incredible and it's just weird to me that that game is getting a touch up. And if there's, I was just talking to um, Talon about this the other day, and I was saying if there's any games that are set in the 50s, 40s, like that era, they're pretty rare. 
you know? So soak them up and play them and enjoy them because you probably won't get another one for a long time. And then literally a month later, we get the Mafia remake announcement. And um, I'd encourage anyone to, to look up the screenshots, especially if you're fond of that era um, and you like open world games because they look great. <laughs> A lot of people say Mafia 1 is also one of the best in the, the trilogy, so I'm really excited to give that a go. Uh, I thought about... The, I kind of mentioned that I have it because I thought about playing it, but now that it's getting the touch-up, I might wait and then go back to the original after playing the remaster just to see how it goes. Uh, but we'll see. There's no confirmed date on that. I'm fairly certain it's going to be coming within about two to three months. I know it's supposed to be this year, um, but we don't know yet. The next thing here I wanted to talk about was the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it looks like there was some news here about a few days ago um, that the Game Pass is five times more popular than PlayStation Now. Uh, so if you don't know, Game Pass and PlayStation Now are both subscription services that Sony and Microsoft offer to allow customers to pay a certain amount per month outside of like their Xbox Live Gold subscription or their PlayStation Plus subscription. Uh, and it basically gives them a catalog of games that they can play um, kind of like Netflix, right? It's Netflix, but a little bit different, and I'll explain. Uh, and sometimes they'll take the games out, they'll add new ones, and etc. And, you know, if you were interested in a game, but you don't want to spend 60 on it, or 20 or you want to try a multiple amount of games, but there's no demos, etc., uh, it gives you that option. And it's fairly cheap, especially for PC. If you just get the Game Pass, it's like $8, $10. Um, I think it's pretty much the same for, for console now. I think they've kind of balance that out a bit and I've, I've had it for a little bit because I didn't enjoy it but I don't like not owning games I'm playing it just bugs me so I, I just kind of I didn't really use it too often and I just dropped it and it has that Netflix effect too where it basically you have so many options that you just don't really want to play anything you know because you'll play something and go eh I've got a hundred other games I could play I don't want to touch this right now, I want to try this one, and then you kind of repeat that over and over again. Uh, however, the difference between them, and this is what I meant by earlier explaining it, is Xbox is, I like the Game Pass better, and it obviously has much better games, and it's a great deal. That's why it's five times bigger than PlayStation now, because Sony can't quite grasp how to do that right. Um, but on Xbox Game Pass, what you're going to be getting is games that are you can install to your hard drive, uh, so that way there's no difference in, in, in latency or, or input delay or anything like that. It's very straightforward. You have access to these games when you have a subscription. If they're installed, you can play them. If they're not, you can always uh, save them in your library and then play it if you want to re resubscribe later on. Uh, and that's the right way to do it. Uh, PlayStation Now, they've recently tried to do the same thing with a selection of games, which is actually fairly limited, unfortunately. Um, but what they do instead is they stream the games. You can stream the games to your console. The problem with that is that, well, it's a bigger problem in a, in a larger way, and I'll explain, but the problem with that is that streaming games is not good. <laughs> Just to give you the, the easy, simple definition there, to save you any time, it's not good. It, it runs poorly usually, even if you have the best internet, there's gonna be some sort of delay, if their servers go down, you can't play the game. All this different stuff, all these different factors. We are just simply not at a point with our internet where we can handle streaming a game effectively uh, at native resolutions. It's just not possible right now. In the future, maybe that's something that can happen. A lot of people say streaming is the future. I disagree heavily. 
I don't think there will be a future where streaming content is going to be easier than playing the game off of purely hard data that you've downloaded. It just doesn't work right. Um, it's very similar to like music. But like if you're listening to music on Bluetooth headphones or something, even if it's marginal, the connection and the delay is there. And uh, if you if you have it wired to the device that's playing the music, it will always be better in some way, uh, whether that be small or large. And gaming is at the same point just heightened because it's so much that it needs to stream and it's not effective in any way. So nobody wants to deal with that. And uh, for the most part, with Xbox offering it hard downloads, uh, that's where people want to gravitate towards, not to mention the deals that they get. Uh, I think that Red Dead Redemption 2 just went on Game Pass. Um, they have all of the Microsoft games. They've assured people, well, day one, that the game comes out will be on Game Pass. You know, so if you've got a PC, you don't really need an Xbox technically uh, for that respect for their exclusives because you can play them on PC. In fact, if you have Game Pass, you can play all the Microsoft exclusives for $10 a month. Uh, so it's it's in itself a really great service, and I respect what Microsoft is doing with that, especially offering people the choice to use it. Uh, but I just don't see the appeal of it, and that's why I don't really think myself I would ever use it too often. Um, but again, if you're interested in trying a game, that's the appeal. I think that's where it really excels at. Uh, and that's that. So the, the last bit of news here, this isn't actually really news, but I did want to talk about these games because I don't think I've really touched on them too much. Uh, so the Metro games, which are Metro 2033, Metro Last Light, and Metro Exodus. It's like a trilogy. They just released the third one last year in uh, February, I believe. And they are really great games. They they really sort of strike the nail while it's hot on the uh, topic of war, uh, like communism and stuff, and just how obviously terrible these these things are and how negative of an effect they have on things. So to give you the long and short of the story, uh, they're based off of books that were written by a Russian author really recently too. They're not really too old. I think it was like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's about a man named Artyom, who is just basically a part of this society underground in the metros of Russia that function off of a currency of like bullets, which is kind of weird. And they, because of this huge fallout that happened before this war, uh, that just wiped everything out there in the middle of a nuclear winter. So the surface is like this cold, harsh environment, just, just, just puming with radiation. Uh, everywhere and it's terrible and there's mutants that are crawling around and they're very like frightening and like deadly and huge and, and all that stuff so it's really a really crazy environment and so what you have to do is survive in the metros and try to huddle together and go out when you need to to get any sort of resources that you can and because of this there have been these sub-societies that develop uh, like there's Nazis that rise up again there's full-on communists that rise again and there's more democratic capitalistic um, societies that, that function underground and they're all just trying to survive and the story kind of goes off of that with the other games and I could talk about it forever because there's so many details and where that plot goes but that's the basic premise now the idea and the moral of the story uh, is that there's the uh, weird sort of mutants that can almost communicate telepathically and they're very intelligent they walk like humanoids right like on two legs and everything 
and they a lot of people are f- scared of them because they're frightening you know they're weird alien looking creatures that can give you visions and like alter the way you see things and it's like people would be scared of that especially like simple-minded people without educations who are living underground uh, so a lot of the narrative in the first game focuses on that and kind of touches more on it in a uh, two uh, but the moral of the story is that because of man's fear we will continue to make mistakes even after we just wiped the world out with a fallout with nuclear warfare even after doing that it's it's pretty much possible that probable rather <laughs> that if they won't understand they won't learn their lesson and out of our, our instinct our, our animalistic tendencies of fear we will act in wrongdoing again we'll do something out of fear again uh, so it's really good stuff, and it's also just a really pretty series and a really cool sort of gameplay. You know, you can go around scavenging things, looking for ammo, use a lighter to, like, burn through cobwebs and stuff, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So I would encourage everyone to try to give it a shot. Uh, there's, like, little details, too, like uh, RTM's lighter's flame will kind of uh, flicker in the direction that you need to go, and um, I really like it. I really love it. The third game was really snubbed by a lot of people because it came out exclusive to the Epic Store for a year, and no one wants to use it. Uh, Rightfully so. There's a lot of justified reasons for that, but um, I got around to it. It just launched on PC about three months ago, and um, I've just been really enjoying it. Probably one of the best games that came out last year, too. I I really can't think of much else. There was Resident Evil 2, which is really great, Um, but I just think out of a purely like new game... Uh, in a series, I think that Metro Exodus really just struck the right chords for me. I loved it. So if you're interested in that, it's a you know post-apocalyptic sort of Fallout game in a uh, Russian environment, and you don't you don't get that. Like I said, uh, you got to praise the game when it does something a little bit different, and Metro definitely does that. Uh, and I don't think we're really going to be getting too many other ones. That they talked about making some more, but if if, if ever there's been a time where you want to jump into that series. Now's the time, uh, so I'd encourage you to. And that's it. That's that's all I have to talk about. Uh, there's not really a whole lot going on, and you know it's been really uh, quiet lately. There's going to be a lot more news wrapping up here soon. That's just how it goes with gaming. Is there's just a long time of nothing, short time of a bunch, a little bit longer of nothing, and then just back again. Uh, so I will definitely return with you guys next week. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day. Um, if you want to send me any messages, you can absolutely do that. I do have our Instagram up too, Crimson Sky Media. So if you want to look at that, you can. You can even send me messages there to ask on the show. I'm trying to think of ways to make it more accessible. Um, and I think that that's one of them because I don't want... Not everyone knows about Anchor. I didn't know about Anchor until I started the podcasting stuff. So um, that's a little bit more easy to comprehend and, and to get something through. Uh, But thanks again for listening, guys. You guys have a great rest of your week, and I'll catch you next week. Until we meet again, bye-bye.